0: Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Wednesday, May 25th, and this is episode number 129. My name is Justin Hune. I'm your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right, another relatively low volume day out there. Uh, Saw some green shoots happening, but the volume is still not there. I'm going to run through the charts really quickly here. It's going to be another pretty short episode as there's really not a whole lot to discuss here. Um, But I want to touch on uh, the fuel cycle and what we're seeing across multiple elements of the fuel cycle and what I expect uh, that to have in terms of knock-on effects for 308 i've spoken about this before but i want to put a little bit finer detail on that um, and before we do that of course let's go ahead and jump right into the daily scoreboard spot price of uranium moving up today 46 uh, 46.87 a pound mid-market interesting to see the spot market moving up with spot not active in the market we've got a new buyer uh, very curious to see that uh, the spot discount to nav has completely closed they're now actually at a premium to nav In fact, there may have been moments today where they were at greater than a 1% premium to NAV, quite the reversal from 16% discount that we saw just last week, Um, quite the wild swings in this sector and in this uh, commodity itself. Um, Of course, now we see uh, the spot price actually moving up with that premium to NAV. So in some cases, you'll actually see, um, is SPUT trading following the commodity or is the commodity trading following SPUT? Is the tail wagging in the dog? Sometimes that definitely seems to be happening. Now, whether that's the case for utilities, likely not. Traders who are in and out of the market of the spot market are definitely following Sput's uh, premium and/or discount to nav. And now that we're back at that premium, uh, we're likely to see the spot price firm up, possibly move up in line with that premium. But we have yet to see real volume come into Sput at that 1% premium. So again, we are still looking for that follow-through in terms of volume into Sput to really feel excited about this leg here. So obviously they did not raise any new money, did not buy any additional pounds yesterday. Uh, They did close at a 0.35% premium. So I believe they were actually up to that 1% today. The ETFs URA and URNM, neither of them reported any changes to outstanding shares. The flows are not here in either direction here. The market is basically going sideways to slightly up on declining volume. Looks to me like we would likely have a move down coming. Um, I could be wrong, of course. So on that note, why don't we take a look at the charts? Starting off with URA, up 0.76% on the day. Happy to see that. But again, we are seeing declining volume on this recovery. To me, that shows all the signs of a bear market rally. Um, Are we seeing uh, a bit of a bull trap here? At least in the short term, that is certainly possible. I would not be surprised to see another leg down here, whether that's the end of this week, whether that's next week. Um, My understanding is that QT is starting next week, quantitative tightening, uh, the Fed reducing its balance sheet. That should have some knock-on effects to the markets. How much? I don't know. How much will that affect the uranium market? I don't know. But just looking at this chart, I'm seeing the the buyers are sort of uh, uh, tapering off here that they're still in charge, but they're taping her off here, not a whole lot of enthusiasm due to uh, just market jitters, generally speaking, with those declining volumes. At least we are still within this cylinder. Um, it's not all bearish, but we got to at least take this 20 day moving average. The 200 days still actually moving up here. That is a good sign, but we are well below it, uh, far from recovering into a bullish uh, uptrend for URA. Cameco noting the same thing here, in fact, noting a bit of a rising wedge on decreasing volume. This looks bearish to me, at least for the short term. Um, look at this declining volume uh, that has been ever since this trend reversal has started. So this also, to me, looks like a bear market rally. Um, if the volume were increasing on this rally, I would be, feel differently about it. If we, uh, in, we are above that rising 200-day, that's a really good sign. And uh, We're still well below that 50-day but we see this decreasing volume on this uh, rising wedge pattern. So, gun to my head, I think we head lower. Is that tomorrow? I don't know, Uh, but I'm not super excited about this rally yet. Of course, as you know, I'm very excited about the long-term fundamentals, but looking at the charts and just being honest with you, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see us head down from here. How far? I have no idea. Sprott Physical Uranium Trust, oops. Uh, Coming up today, slightly in the positive, 0.13%. Did trade up a little bit above that uh, prior to that move in spot like I said I think we were at that one percent premium but maybe just for a brief moment in time today either way um, we could see risk off take this back down I would be very surprised to see us come back down below that low print around 13.75 that we saw uh, last week uh, early last week either way this is uh, tracking closer to the commodity which is a good sign right at that 200-day moving average which is still rising um, overall, this chart is holding up decent, all things considered. Okay, so what I want to talk about in the uh, in the fuel cycle today for the mailbag section, I had a question come to me yesterday, having to do uh, basically expressing frustration. I keep hearing more and more good things about uranium, yet here we sit, meaning uh, here we are just chopping sideways after quite the downdraft we saw over the last six weeks. Yet everything continues to be bullish, Japan restarting reactors, California looking to keep Diablo Canyon online. I mean, that was up there with Germany in terms of doubts about nuclear in the future. Um, That is really a 180. I tweeted about that today saying basically, you know, this is this gives permission to essentially any country, regardless of which way their politics lean or any state in in the United States, regardless of which way their politics lean, gives them permission to reconsider nuclear. It's, it's a testament to uh, the crises that we are in currently for energy and the recognition of nuclear as clean energy. So that's huge, right? And of course, uh, you know, like I mentioned yesterday, to more depth, Japan restarting their reactors, China continues to pour new concrete for the next reactors. Um, they seem to be following through on their plan to hit that 200 gigawatts by 2035 or another 150 reactors. Um, we're seeing new scale, which is a, a recently publicly listed SMR company, um, signed deals with Romania, looking at establishing SMR, uh, nuclear in Romania. Uh, gosh, I could really just go on forever. Boris Johnson, the UK, et cetera. So the fundamentals are there, right? And we have major, major supply interruption. It's all pointing towards higher prices. And will those higher prices come? That's basically what this question is, is Justin, this all sounds great, but look at my screen what's going on why isn't the price at $100 why are the equities following all right so what are we seeing in the back end and why is this does, does U308 take longer to move okay so i've mentioned this in the past where uh despite you know uranium being up $3 a pound year to date that's the U308 okay that's you know it's one of the very few things that are actually in the green for the year uh besides you know oil and gas and uh, so that's, we're still in a solid uptrend for the U308 commodity, but what are we seeing in the rest of the fuel cycle? We are seeing that uh, enrichment, which is the actual paying for material to be enriched, that is SWU, separate of work unit, the SWU price, made a 60% jump in April for the month of April. We are going to see month end pricing come in next week, and we will, of course, report on that. Um, We will report on that thoroughly in the newsletter that will be out on, let's see, that will be out on Thursday, June 2nd, so a week from tomorrow. And then, of course, uh, I will report on some of those elements in this podcast in the following days. What are we seeing? Huge moves in SWU, huge moves in EUP, that's enriched uranium product that's already been enriched. Huge moves in conversion and enrichment. Both of those elements of the fuel cycle are in a constricted uh, area currently because of Russia being cut off essentially from the West's demand. Now, are they officially cut off? No. Are we seeing actual sanctions yet? No. We have seen proposed sanctions for a number of, uh, commodities, a number of, um, you know, goods, let's say coming from Russia by the United States government, but they've made exceptions for uranium. Why have they made exceptions? I shouldn't say uranium, I should say for, for nuclear fuel, fabricated fuel and or enrichment. The, the, the utilities that are relying on near-term deliveries from previously signed contracts with Russia still need those deliveries in order to maintain their fleet, to maintain that energy production. Lacking that fuel complicates things greatly in the short term for these utilities. Uh, the utilities have a strong lobby. That's why I believe that these sanctioned proposals have made exceptions for enriched uranium. However, of course, as I mentioned, ad nauseum, we're seeing the utilities uh, self-sanction, not Sign new contracts with Russia for enrichment, for conversion. And that is creating this knock on effect uh, for higher prices for enrichment and conversion. But of course, even, even taking into account the move, let's say of the Western utilities to Western enrichment and conversion, it is natural for utilities to first seek out enrichment, then seek out conversion, then seek out U 308. Why? If you can buy enriched uranium that's already been through that process, you've got one step. If if there's enriched uranium that's sitting on the spot market for EUP and it's enriched to the level that your reactor needs, you can buy that up, send it to the fabricator. You're one step away from having that fuel to your reactor. Okay, That's step one. If you have UF6 in your inventory, and most utilities do, and you can buy enrichment, that is two steps away. You have to have the material enriched then fabricated, then sent to the reactor. Still, that's closer, much closer to uh, contracting for U308 deliveries, which is the mine material. So you start at EUP, then you go to enrichment, then you go to UF6, and if if you need the UF6, you can buy that, contract for that enrichment, contract for the fab fuel, then you got your goods. Then if you, if you can't buy the UF6 directly, by the way, the UF6 is universal. So it's not um, uh, converted to any particular level, let's say, as EUP is. UF6 just taking the U308, which is the natural uranium, the uranium oxide, and that's uh, you know converted to UF6, which is 0.7% of the U235 isotope, the fissile isotope. That's universal, UF6 is UF6 is UF6. So if you can buy the UF6, have it enriched, have it fabricated, then you're just three steps from the end of the fuel cycle. If you can't buy the UF6 straight up, in which we are seeing, we are seeing an RFP, a request for proposal that has gone out into the market for pretty chunky delivery um, for the forward months. This is a pretty near term delivery request for UF6 that has gone no offer. Now, I said this last week, that was reiterated this week, still no offer. They uh, repeated that RFP into the market, still no offer. So, what happens if you can't find the UF6 you need? You have to provide the U308 and have it converted yourself, okay? So if you have U308 in your, in your inventory, and many utilities do, then you have to take that material, send it to a converter, have to get that UF6, that's your feedstock for enrichment, et cetera. So if you can't buy that UF6, and we are seeing right now that there is at least one entity out in the market putting out an RFP that's getting no offer, so what does that mean? That means they have to send that U308, they got to convert it themselves, or they have to contract for conversion rather than buying the end product of conversion, UF6. What does that mean? That means that this entity, likely if they can't find that UF6, they've got to buy conversion. Now, is there possible a converter has U308 U308 in their inventories to feed in to sell to that utility as UF6? Sure, but utilities will need to contract for more U308. And of course, one of the other knock-on effects of all of this mess that we're seeing is that when you have supply constrained, uh, you have utilities actually contract for more than they technically need. They want to protect themselves going out into the future in terms of their supply. That is all happening right now. So I want you to picture a whip and the way that a whip moves, right? The way that it will flow um, from, from, from the point at which you're holding it in your hand to when the tail end of that whip finally hits whatever you're whipping, um, U308 is at the end of that whip, okay? So now we're seeing the enrichment and then the conversion in the middle of that whip and the tail end of that whip is U308. And that is coming, okay? And that sign that you, a UF6 RFP is going no offer, that's a big sign. That's a very big tell in terms of the fuel cycle. So um, what I'm saying to you is I have great faith in uh, the fuel cycle and what I'm seeing in the fuel cycle. And I have great faith in the fact that U308 is the last mover, And we've already seen uh, big moves in U308. I think that Sput has done a fantastic job of being a major catalyst for this market and mopping up a bunch of um, above ground mobile inventory, mopping up a bunch of reverse carried pounds that got shaken out when in a backward market. Is there more of that? If we see more flows coming into the Sput? probably. How much more? Probably not that much. Okay, we're seeing a market that is very tight and it's only a matter of time until that U308 market moves. That is what's coming. Is it coming next week? No, probably not. Maybe, but probably not. Is it coming next month? That's possible. Is it coming next year? It's going to be before next year. Okay, we can measure this move in terms of weeks or months, not years. And so, I, I just thought that that whip analogy was appropriate because we're starting to see the beginning part of that in the movement of enrichment and conversion, which has been happening. Um, honestly, SWU bottomed two and a half years ago, and it's been going up in a straight line and really shot up in the last couple of months. Um, conversion has been high for a couple of years now since, uh, Converdine shut down going is coming back online next year, somewhere between seven and 10,000 tons, uh, 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 kilograms, uh, kill, kill, it, excuse me, seven to seven to 10,000 tons of conversion coming online next year from uh, Kalmanite Metropolis. Now we need that, we need that conversion capacity. We want that plant online. We don't want this bottleneck to continue. More conversion is more U308, okay? Because you can't exactly overfeed the converters like you can the the, uh, centrifuges for enrichment. So that's probably a pretty rambling explanation, but uh, the early signs are there. Um, In fact, I think we're far beyond the early signs. Uh, We're seeing enrichment conversion move, and that's coming, that tail end of that whip, which is the U308 market, that is what is going to snap into place at some point in the near future. That's what's coming. So um, once we work through what we're going through in the markets right now, the general risk-off environment, the markets seem pretty jittery. Like I showed you in the charts, we're seeing kind of a not really a dead cat bounce necessarily because it wasn't exactly a V-shaped recovery here. We're chugging higher in most of the uranium equities, but the volume is dropping off. The rally uh, just isn't there. The buyers are dissipating a bit. Still, the sellers is nowhere to be found. So um, I think that we have strong hands still, uh, stronger hands that we had a month ago in the uranium space. But uh, further risk off could take us down a little bit more. But I didn't show you the outperformance chart we are hanging in there in terms of URNM relative to the S&P. That is a chart I'm going to continue watch very closely. Okay, hope you all have a great evening, and I will see you again tomorrow. Cheers.